my dear brothers and sisters in Christ, is not one of the most enjoyable moments of my ministry. It took place in 2004, the spring of 2004, and the, the movie came out. I'm sure most of you have heard of it, if not seen it. It was The Passion of the Christ, directed by Mel Gibson. I was not, I was a pastor in Mobile, Alabama, restarting a congregation, mission congregation, and I had decided that I wasn't going to see the movie. Not really good with, with gory types of movies and real-life gory types of movies, real-life gory types of movies that have to do with my Savior and what he went through. I just was not super excited about seeing it. And then my members started saying things to me. They said, hey, pastor, have you seen the movie yet? And I figured in my line of work, blatantly lying to them was not going to be something that I could get away with. So I said, no, not yet. No, I haven't seen it. And then a member came up to me. It was an, an older gentleman. He said, pastor, I need you to see it. Because I want to get your take on it and I want to talk to you about it. So on a Tuesday afternoon, I made my way to the Schillinger Road Cinema and I sat down in the middle of the theater by myself and I watched the movie. And I'll be honest with you, I cried the entire time. I mean, not just like flowing of sadness. It, I, I cried because what I was seeing on the screen and knowing that whether it happened exactly like that, what happened to my Savior was horrific. And, and then I, re I realized that Watching that suffering and watching what he went through seemingly never ended, even though we can read through the whole thing in one chapter in four minutes. The punishment being heaped on him time and time again seemingly never ended. I also remember sitting there being shocked that as well as Mel Gibson, the director, had portrayed the physical suffering of my Savior, the one thing that he could not show at all was Jesus having his Father turn his back on him and suffering the very pains of hell in our place. As we gather around God's Word with this theme, cross peace, I love the opportunity for tonight because it does put us right at the foot of the cross and in everything that had happened before that, understanding Jesus needed to do what he did. But him doing what needed to be done is the one thing that gives us peace. We're going to travel just to one passion of, or portion of Scripture tonight. It's John chapter 19, verse 1, and it simply reads, Then Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged. And again, that's one quick, few-word verse. But it had a lot of stuff with it. You have to understand, Pilate was under the gun. Jerusalem was a hotbed of activity on this Passover weekend with anybody and everybody coming to town and pretty much all of those people, the Jews hated the Romans and the Romans hated the Jews and it was a powder keg ready to blow up. Then this Jesus guy is dragged into his court. 
dragged into his palace, and there's a group of the spiritual leaders of Israel who just come with charge after charge after charge, and Pilate the politician wants out of all of it. So after trying this and trying that, he decides this. I'm going to have this Jesus flogged. I'm going to have him punished, even though I can find nothing wrong with him. And then I'm going to let it go. You have to understand about the scourge and the whip then to understand what he was doing. It was a piece of wood with a lot of leather thongs that came off of it. And there were pieces of bone and, and fragments and metal that were attached to it. And the entire purpose of flogging someone was to bring them as close to death as possible without killing them. In fact, scourging was usually reserved for those who had already been found guilty and had been sentenced to death. And the experience is beyond our comprehension. The, the accused, the punishee, is stripped of his clothing. He's attached to a pole or a post. He's heckled by everyone that is there. And his body becomes barely recognizable as a human being. It's horrifying. And watching that scene in this movie is really what got me in trouble when I contemplate this verse, John 19, verse 1. Then Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged, and I sat there, and the scene went on and on and on. And not only was I sad, not only was I overcome with emotion, I was ticked off. I was mad at Pilate, the coward, who let that happen even though he knew Jesus hadn't done anything. I was mad at the soldiers who were toying with another human being who found joy in bringing incredible punishment on someone who had done nothing wrong. I got mad at the disciples. Because there's the ones in the garden who said, we're going to be with you and we're going to defend you. And they all ran off into the wilderness. I got mad at just about everybody. Mad at that no one at all stood up to stop the tyranny and cried out enough. In fact, I'll tell you, I got so mad that day sitting in a movie theater that I forgot me, myself, and I was just as responsible for that taking place as anybody else who was actually there that day. Most of you in here tonight only get to sing the, the hymn, Were You There, only once this evening. I love it, especially how beautiful you play it and, and sing it. We hear that, that Lenten hymn, Were you there when they crucified my Lord? You ever thought about the answer? You know what the answer is? Yes. We were there. Our sins caused Jesus to be bound in the garden. Our sins caused him to be punched in Caiaphas's court. Our sins attached him to a post where he was brought to within an inch of his life in the praetorium. Our sins demanded that the nails be driven into his hands and his feet. But I don't want, I don't want, 
want any of you to take my word for it this evening. Instead, listen to the prophet Isaiah some 600 years before Jesus was even born. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. We come to our God tonight and we confess our sin to him. And if you're visiting or if you've been a, long, a lifelong Lutheran, I hope none of you thinks that Lutherans confess their sins in worship because that's what Lutherans are supposed to do. Instead, we confess our sins to our gracious God because we know that we have failed him. And that our failures, our iniquities, our shortcomings demanded that payment be made. And my dear friends, praise God that payment was made. Usually this time of year, we don't just talk about Jesus' death. We don't just talk about Jesus' suffering. We talk about his suffering and death. Even before the nails pierced his hands and feet, his suffering, especially in Pilate's palace, was in full array. And it was that for us. Listen again to Isaiah. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. What a price was paid. What a victory is won. What an eternity is secured. I teach Old Testament Bible history at Luther Prep in Watertown. And I always will ask the 14 and 15-year-olds if they had a chance in heaven to watch one event as it really occurred, which one would it be? And it won't be on VHS in a whole big library up in heaven. It won't even be on Blu-ray disc. I'm sure it'll be streaming by the time that we all get there. But if you had a chance, what, what would you want? Do you know? I would love to see the crossing of the Red Sea. I would love to see David fight Goliath. I don't think anybody in here would say, you know what, I'd love to see Jesus getting whipped in the praetorium. But it happened. And that suffering and his death saves us. It pays for our every single sin. That cross is what we look to and know what happened on there. That peace that we have is not only a peace to look forward to, it is a joy and it is a purpose and it is a confidence that you take with you from this place tonight and you take it with you throughout your life and for all eternity. All because Jesus and what he did. All because of the price that he paid and the victory that is ours through him. I won't speak for you, but there are a lot of, of movies that I will pass by while I'm channel surfing on any given night, and I will instantly go, yep, going to watch that. 
I'll watch 20 minutes of this. I'll watch 30 minutes of this. That will never be the case with the passion of the Christ. I've seen it one time. I promise you, I will never knowingly watch it again. I know what happened to my Jesus. I know the pain that he endured. I've witnessed the, the, the scorn that was heaped on him. But it was good to watch it the one time. I'll never get it out of my brain. I'll never get it out of my heart. But I don't want to do so. Because that cross that is in front of us, the whip that ripped at his back, is Jesus' suffering and death. And that suffering and death is necessary because of me. But my dear friends, the peace that it gives is ours today, tomorrow, and forever. All because of who he is. All because of what he's done for us. Praise his holy name today and always. Amen. We go to our God in prayer. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you for your Son. Thank you for him doing what needed to be done so that we might declare who we by nature and nurture are not. Thank you for declaring us to be your children. Continue to lead us forward in your holy name. Build us up in times of sorrow. Keep us always focused on you. In his name we pray this and join together in praying Luther's evening prayer. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have graciously kept me this day. Forgive me all my sins and graciously keep me this night. Into your hands I commend my body and soul and all things. Let your holy angel be with me that the wicked foe may have no power over me. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.